Welcome to Stocks to Watch. Today, we're speaking with a company focused on the importance of potash, a basic nutrient for plants and an important ingredient in fertilizer made up of a group of minerals and chemicals that contain potassium. I'm Ashley Berry, and here to discuss this and its significance is Farhad Abazab, chairman of Millennial Potash, an exploration company developing its flagship Banyo Potash project in Gabon, a Central African country rich in natural resources. They're listed on the TSXV as MLP, the OTCQB as MLPNF, and the Frankfurt Exchange as X0D. Welcome, Farhad. Thank you, Ashley. Good to be here and good to see you. Absolutely. So I understand potash is vital. It's used to regulate the movement and storage of solutes throughout the plant, basically like the human blood system. And one thing that really impresses me about your mission in particular is your commitment to using environmentally sustainable and responsible practices. And of course, the partnerships you've developed with local communities. Absolutely, Ashley. Ashley, we always look at that angle first before we get it involved with a project. In this particular case, we're going to be using what they call solution mining technology, which is well proven uh, worldwide, but specifically in large potash basins in the world, uh, such as Saskatchewan in Canada and in Germany. And this, this method, this approach entails basically, basically injecting water into the ore body, dissolving potash underground, then pumping it back up to the surface and then processing potash from there. And it is environmentally benign, and I would say probably has the least environmental impact in general because of the nature of the works. Um, you know, you don't excavate, you don't move earth, you don't sink a shaft. So literally when you go and visit these sites, you would never guess that it is a mining operation. All you see is a straight surface, untouched surface with just uh, some wellheads uh, sticking out and with uh, gauges on them. And that is very important for us because we're in a beautiful part of this country of Gabon, and we really want to leave as little imprint there, environmental impact uh, as possible. Fantastic. I have to imagine there's so many people rallying around your mission. You have just released some really big news, exciting results from your drill hole BA002 on your potash project, following a decision to extend its depth to 554 meters. Now, before we really get into the details about that, can you explain the rationale uh, behind really deepening this drill hole? Absolutely, Ashan. That's critical because when we took over this project, bear in mind, this is a fairly new project. We started with it only in March this year, and we're developing the record time. Um, we built our uh, camp and brought in drill rig, et cetera, only in September, started drilling in October. And our view was that uh, the previous exploration work, including three drill holes in this particular part of the project, the northern part of the project, did not go deep enough. In other words, we thought that, you know, looking at seismic work and also drill cores from the south, um, uh, we, uh, we basically projected that there's a good chance, a very good probability that by drilling it further down, we'll be able to intersect more potash horizons or as we call them potash cycles. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happened. Incredibly, we intersected two more cycles or two more potash layers, um, adding incredibly to the to the thickness of of the potash layers in the north alone and that was the main thing i mean we really wanted to see whether this extension of only about uh, less than 40 meters would allow us to get more potash and and the and the significance of this ash is tremendous that means that there's a lot more potash here 
than we uh, originally thought and originally expected. So when you're talking about the intersection of those two and 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 really uh, the importance of the findings, uh, could you maybe expand a little bit on that and and what that means for Millennium Potash? Absolutely. Actually, just in a nutshell, so basically when we talk about these potash cycles or potash horizons, basically we're talking about layers. You know, so if you look at it in a vertical manner, um, you know, a stratigraphic manner, so basically we're talking different layers of potash going down. And there are different thicknesses, you know, uh, between four meters, six meters, 10 meters each. And uh, the, obviously, the more of these potash layers we find, that means there's more potash resource in there. So to give you a kind of a, a stark contrast uh, uh, between what we expected and what we found is that originally we're thinking, again, based on the drill course done in 2017 and 2018, that the total accumulative thickness of potash horizons here in the north would reach maximum 30, maybe 35 meters. Now with this extension, we're reaching all the way up to 80 meters. Mm -hmm. So this is absolutely incredible. So this is twice as thick as we originally thought. And again, I think this is gonna translate into a tremendous resource just in the North in a very, very small part of the entire project. Our project is 1200 square kilometers. What we're talking about is less than 5% of the project. Mm -hmm. And in other words, we always thought that you know we're going to get very thick potash horizons in the south, up to 100 meters, maybe higher. Now we're getting basically the same in the north. So imagine our excitement when we saw that. And again, we think that even the maiden resource that we're going to put out later this year is going to be a fraction of what is actually contained in the ground. Mm. So twice as thick. That's that's really significant, Farhad. Uh, so I understand this is phase one. Uh, what are the next steps um, in the program for this project? And could you also share some details about the operational standards followed in your exploration work? I know you talked a little bit about it in the beginning, but uh, if you could maybe touch a little bit deeper on that. Sure. Um, actually, first of all, uh, maybe I'll touch on what the plan is going forward. So this finding, new finding, actually changed our thinking about the project significantly because, as again, the whole idea was that we'll drill in the north, we'll put out the maiden resource estimate, and then our main effort will be focused in the, uh, on the southern part of the project because that's where we thought the mother load of potash is. And we still believe it, but what this changed for us is that we think there's so much potash in the north that most likely in the new year we'll sink a couple more holes in the north and probably increase dramatically whatever we're going to be reporting later this year. So that is a major change, a uh, very positive change uh, in our thinking and our strategy in terms of our work program. But in terms of the steps, they're the same. So, you know, we're going to put out our 43-101 compliant maiden resource estimate later this year. Then early next year, we're going to be working on a PEA, and that will come out probably in January or February. Um, the PEA is a preliminary economics uh, assessment, so that's kind of a scoping study. And that will be based on the maiden resource that we're going to put out this year. Um, and then, of course, we'll drill, as I said, most likely a few more holes in the north. And we will revise our maiden resource estimate, obviously, hopefully to the upside significantly. Um, and if we like what we see, meaning if there's more than enough resource, more than enough data, then we'll go straight into the bank of feasibility. And meanwhile, if we wish, we can move down to the south and drill there. But we believe we're going to have so much material in the north that south is going to be like huge untapped blue sky potential for us. In terms of our um, standards, now this is the, our approach is quite different from a lot of junior companies. Actually, is that 
Um, early on in our careers, we worked very closely with an organization called IFC, International Finance Corporation, out of Washington, D.C., your hometown. Um, <laughs> it is the largest um, uh, development finance uh, uh, financing institution in the world, meaning that you know their main mandate is to actually help private enterprises in the developing countries. And they were a, a shareholder in one of our previous companies, although also a, a potash company. And one of their main uh, requirements uh, for them to become a shareholder in the company, to, to invest in the company, was that we comply with IFC environmental standards. And their environmental standards are the gold standards in the industry. So if you comply with them, basically everybody else is automatically going to be happy, so to speak, that you, know, you are in compliance with IFC standards. And since then, we've learned our lesson because we end up selling these companies to larger companies down the road who also want to have, obviously, high standards of environmental protection and, uh, and compliance and so forth. So we have introduced and already instituted our ESG policies early on. You would say, well, you're, you're such a young company. Why would you do that? But we, again, we've learned the lesson that it pays off big time down the road because it, it, it ticks so many boxes. A, it actually puts a specific framework around how we approach our project. And I already talked about solution mining, but it also refers to every single other thing, how we build the camp, how we operate it, how we operate uh, all our machinery and equipment, how we deal with the uh, local community and so forth. But also it creates um, you know, goodwill with the community and with the country. They see exactly what we do. They see how much we care about, again, the local community and the environment. And as I said, down the road, it has a huge a commercial, positive commercial impact on us because whoever is looking at us as a strategic investor or potential buyer of the company or the project, they see that we've done a really superb job in that regard. So it is critical for us. And I think in one of our previous interviews, I mentioned if, for example, this project were not amenable to solution mining, we would not have touched it. Hmm. Yeah, it sounds like this will pay off dividends. And, you know, I want to go back to the North and the new discoveries there. And uh, really, it sounds like, Farhad, in the next year, uh, there's going to be a lot of milestones reached with Millennial Potash, which brings me to those that are listening and watching. You know, considering these encouraging updates, uh, what would you say to those? Why should they invest in your company? I mean, it seems like there's so many great updates coming out from you. So uh, what's your, you know, words of advice for them? Actually, a few things. First of all, you know, we've already talked about what is coming. Um, we think what we're going to have next year is, frankly, uh, world-class resource uh, with one of the thickest potash deposits in the world and potentially one of the lowest cost production centers in the world as well as far as potash is concerned, of course. Um, and I think, you know, the team that the, you know we've put on this, again, one of the most successful potash teams in the junior mining um, in the last 10, 15 years, that's very important. In other words, our team knows exactly what they're doing and they're doing, you know, this, this particular News really showed that you know they the, all their vision and their strategy have been correct, and we've done a good job. And in this case, with very little money, we've proven we're basically going to be able to double, triple, maybe what of the resource that we originally thought would be in the ground. Um, and lastly, it's it's a great time because the market obviously has been pretty bad, as you know, for junior miners. Not only for junior miners, of course, for many other companies too, but specifically for junior miners. And we were not exceptional, unfortunately. So the stock has come down. We believe it's in the trough and probably low point. And considering all these great milestones that we're 
uh, you know, intent on hitting in the next few weeks and months, I think this is probably the uh, best time to enter the market as well, as far as uh, millennial potash is concerned. So look, we're very excited. Um, we think, you know, we are going to achieve what we set out to achieve. And, and even looking at the current status or state of the project, we've done a tremendous job in a, in a, in a really record time, uh, considering that we started only in March. You know, we set up our camp in uh, late August, early September. We already have results and we're going to have 43101 before the end of the year. I think this is absolutely incredible. Absolutely. So if we, you know, talk about the significance of potash, we talked about the environmental sustainability, your commitment to that, uh, talking about the importance of potash in and of itself. Uh, where do you see this going in the future? Look, um, you know, when you look at the current trends in the world and, uh, you know, we, before the intro, we spoke about the political events, uh, you know, taking shape worldwide. Um, you know, so I would call it a geopolitical um, you know, the, the framework right now within different parts of the world. And when you look at actual how it impacts, you know, a lot of sectors, including food sector, including fertilizers. And when you look at the structure of the potash industry, which is, you know, heavily geographically concentrated, basically three countries in the world, Canada, Belarus, and Russia supply about 70% of the world's potash. Um, you understand how important it is to have another source of potash production in a neutral country, in a, in a good location, a good jurisdiction, and also in a place where it can feed potash into major markets. You know, in, in the case of Gabon, Gabon is in a place where, you know, it, it can obviously feed Africa, which is obviously in dire need of fertilizers, and, and there's no domestic production in Africa. There's no production on the entire continent. They import everything. Um, also, we're close to Brazil. We can deliver it, obviously, to other markets in Asia. So that is very important. And food security is becoming critical uh, for many countries. And um, and as as even as a young company, we already see interest from different regions who want to source potash from countries other than Russia, other than Belarus, and sometimes other than Canada. Um, so this is a very interesting dynamic, and we we think we're in the right place at the right time and with the right project. Um, so. That, that's why we're quite excited. I think that later this year, next year, we're going to have a very interesting situation with this project. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing those insights. Farhad Abazov, chairman of Millennial Potash, such an important mission, such incredible updates. And we really look forward to hearing what's coming out from your company in the next few weeks to months. It sounds like, as I said, a lot of milestones to be reached. Thanks so much, Ashley. It's really exciting times. And good to see you. And hopefully we'll have another one where we'll talk about next milestones. Looking forward to it. Thanks again for joining Stocks to Watch.